Welcome to the latest NCC podcast. My name is Chris McCormick. I'm the Victorian President of the Australian Family Association. And I have with me today uh, Terry Kelleher, who's the National President of the Australian Family Association. Welcome, Terry. Thank you, Chris. We've just got some breaking news, Terry. Uh, we've learnt of a decision being handed down in the Bell versus Tavistock gender identity clinic case in the UK. Uh, and this could have profound consequences for Australia and other common law jurisdictions. By setting a precedent in relation to children seeking gender transitioning, including being, being able to access cross-sex hormones, puberty blockers, and even sex change surgery. So Terry, can you tell us about what this case was testing and what it found? Yes, it was a unanimous decision of the UK High Court in the case of 23-year-old Kira Bell, who claimed that she was unable to give informed consent at the age of 16 to hormone treatments she received at the Tavistock Gender Clinic. She was transitioning from female to male. Kirabelle's case was that as a 16-year-old, she was unable to give informed consent because she couldn't understand the impact of the cross-sex hormone treatment. That means what it would mean to live with the consequences, long-term consequences of the treatment. The case was actually specifically a judicial review of the practice of the Tavistock Gender Clinic of prescribing puberty-suppressing drugs and cross-sex hormones to persons under the age of 18 as to whether they could give informed consent. Now, the court found that in regard to young people or children under 13, it was highly unlikely they would be able to give consent, that they had legal capacity. 14 to 15-year-olds was very doubtful, the court said, that a child of this age could understand the long-term risks, risks and consequences of treatment um, in order to be able to give consent. In the case of 16- and 17-year-olds, there is a presumption of capacity, that is, legal capacity to make decisions. However, the court declared that does not mean that a court cannot protect the child under its inherent jurisdiction if it considers the treatment not to be in the child's best interests. So, Terry, what does legal competence mean? Well, legal competence means that you are able to understand, fully understand the consequences of uh, either accepting medical treatment or declining it, what the consequences will be, what it will mean to live with those consequences. Now, the concept of the mature minor, which is what we're talking about here as to legal capacity in young people, that is those under 18, which is the legal age at which you would have capacity, it was developed from a case in the UK in 1986 called Gillick and North West Norfolk and Wisebeck Health Authority, in which a mother sued the local health authority because they were introducing contraceptive advice into the schools in the area and she was against that and the court found that during the teenage years that a young person grows into the maturity of having legal decision-making capacity but it's always to be weighed up in the case of the individual child or young person as to whether they have that competence and the more serious the the decision that is going to be made and the more long-term consequences there are, then the more seriously it has to be concerned whether that young person can make a decision in that regard. So what does uh, this decision mean, Terry? Well, the decision means that gender clinics would be well advised to seek a court order in order to deliver or prescribe 
puberty blockers or cross-sex hormones to a young person, even of the age of 15 or 16. And, and, and the court spoke about um, the nature of the, um, the treatments? Yes. Now, that was another, another major part of the decision or the declaration of the court's decision. The first part was as to seeking a court order in relation to be ensuring that a young person could give of 15, uh, 16 or 17 could give informed consent. The other aspect of the decision was that it found that the treatments, that is cross-sex hormones and puberty blockers, are as yet innovative and experimental. And that was why it, was, it is so important to ensure that the young person understands exactly the consequences of the treatment. And understood they, they, um, that they granted a declaration. What, did that, what does that in fact mean? in terms of the, the consequence of the judgment, that declaration? Well, it, it's a legal term and it just means the court has declared that this is what it's found on the facts in this uh, of the, uh, the case before it, which was to review the decision-making capacity assessments of the Tavistock Clinic. It wasn't a case of uh, you have a defendant and you have a claimant and they're would be a decision made as to whether the defendant or the claimant won or lost. It was a declaration of what the situation is in regard to gender clinics um, delivering or prescribing puberty blockers or cross-sex hormones. So is this decision a game-changer, do you think, Terry? Uh, yes, it is. I think it really is. It's a clear warning to gender identity services that they should proceed with great caution before treating children or young people with puberty blockers or cross-sex hormones. They'd be well advised to have the matter of consent decided by an independent body, a court, before proceeding, getting a court order. Now, this was the case certainly in Australia until a number of cases during the 2000s saw the family court withdraw from being involved in such decisions unless there was a dispute. You know, one of parent or both parents disputed it. Um, in Kira Bell's case, now no one disputed her decision as a 16-year-old to embark on cross-sex hormone treatment. She herself said she wishes, though, that someone had said no to her. She admits she probably wouldn't have listened to that advice, but she wishes she'd been protected from her own youth by an independent assessment of whether it was in her best interests. So now at 23 and transitioning to her back to her female sex, with a beard still growing and a deepened voice and having gone through a double mastectomy, she regrets, deeply regrets the treatment, which she didn't really understand at 16 would affect her life. And so, Terry, what has the Tavistock Gender Clinic done in response to this court ruling? They have indicated that they will appeal. Um and, um, but the court initially refused um, their application for permission to appeal. Is oh, that well, right? the High Court said no, uh, they refused an application to appeal to the full court of the High Court, but said you can go to the Court of Appeal, which is a separate court. And they have until the 22nd of December to do that. Right. So, I guess, you know, in summary, in a nutshell, Terry, what does this ruling mean? Well, it means that if a gender clinic service has breached their duty of care, and if they're not ensured that a young person is given fully informed consent, and that would be a breach of their duty of care, then young patients such as Kira Bell and others who have suffered long-term changes and consequences 
would be able to claim clinical negligence, and that means damages. I think Kira Bell may very well sue for damages. Yes, well, we'll follow this case, uh, well, the appeal um, process with interest and see what um, develops, transpires there. And um, But uh, certainly um, um, groundbreaking uh, development. So thank you, Terry, for coming in today and um, discussing these issues with us. And uh, we look forward to further um, podcasts, NCC podcasts, uh, soon. Thank you, Chris.